Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you guys had a good weekend. Uh, my name's Todd. For those of uh, for those of you I don't know, uh, really glad that you're here this morning. And uh, I know that for a lot of you, school has started. You're kind of back into the routine of things. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm just really encouraged and excited that you're making uh, church a part of what you do throughout the week. And I want to encourage you on that and challenge you with that to continue to do so. Uh, we are in a series, in fact, we're bringing it to a close today called Body Life. And um, how many of you have been with us uh, over the last few weeks? Raise your hand this morning. You guys have been with us for a period of time. Awesome. I want to encourage you, if you are a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church and you haven't been able to be here, uh, you can go online, you can listen online or through iTunes, and uh, you guys can be a part of what, uh, what we're doing and what God is doing in the midst of our church. You know, there's an interesting thing that uh, when, when, if you go to Bible college or seminary, you study uh, church history. <laughs> I've had people laugh at me about that. Like, wait a minute, there's like a whole class on the history of the church. Yeah, the, the history of the church is really uh, deep and rich and has so much to do with the history you know, of our country and our world. And um, so, yeah, when you go and, and you know, kind of go into seminary or go into you know, Bible college, you're going to study a little bit of church history. And it's really interesting because one of the passages that we looked at just last week was from Acts 2, 42 through 47. And that was the passage where after Jesus had died and was resurrected and he came back down to earth for 40 days, appeared to 500 people. Um, after that, in Acts 1, we see that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, falls upon the people that are a part of the church, of the local church uh, in a miraculous, remarkable way, uh, in a way like none has never happened uh, since then. And, uh, and it's amazing what happens. They begin to organize and they begin to kind of be pulled together. And, and it's interesting, the history of the church is so incredibly rich. And, and in those first, that first century, the history of the church was all about going out. It was all about going from Jerusalem and going out into the rest of the known world, which was you know, much smaller in that day and age, or at least the known part of the world was. But they went out. They served as missionaries. They went out beyond their borders and really lived that song that we just sang. They were incredibly fearless, so much so that even when they were arrested and, and let out of jail, arrested for preaching the gospel and, and doing God's work, after they were let out of jail, all through the book of Acts, we see how they prayed prayers for boldness. It's amazing to me that they would do that. After they were put in jail for preaching the gospel, they prayed for more boldness. Remarkable, isn't it? And so the history of the church is incredibly rich, and um, you, you come to the turn of the century, and you get into the, you know, the first century and, and into the second and third century, and within a few hundred years of the church, it begins to get institutionalized. Now, I mentioned in week one, talking about body life, that this word body was one of the words that's used throughout the New Testament to, to describe the church. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. We discussed that in week one, so I won't bother you with that. But um, the church is described as a body, as a family, as an assembly. And everywhere you see in Scripture, it's described as something that's living and breathing and life-giving and exciting and enthusiastic. And man comes along at some point in time and tries to tame what God is doing. And probably in good faith, with good intentions, makes what God intended to be alive something that was institutionalized. 
And I began in week one, I've told a lot of you this throughout the years, that God's intent for the church is not that it is an academic institution, it's not that it's a business, and it's not an institution. It's not something that is dead, it's not something that is concrete, it is a live, living organism. And I believe that God's intent for the church, even now in 2016, is just that, that it's living, that it's breathing, that it's active And that we as members would go from where we are and that we would be about kingdom work. That we would be about um, serving our community and serving our our region, our nation, and even our world together. And I think in the first century when you saw those first Christians that were so incredibly bold, so incredibly passionate, I think the reason that it didn't become institutionalized is because they were leaning into the Spirit of God and they were just letting Him lead them in this organic, miraculous, uh, fearless way. And all of a sudden, it just stopped. It just stopped. And all of a sudden, things began to change And hierarchy became the description of the church. And rules became the description of the church. And governance became the description of the church. And everything surrounding the church all of a sudden became institutionalized. What I want to share with you today, and and I'm going to do it through just a short message and then um, some examples of some people who are doing what we're talking about, is that God's intent for the church is for each member of the church to be active in our part, in your part, in my part, in what we play in serving the church, the community, and the body of believers. And God's intent is not for us to be an institution. I don't want it to be said in 100 years or 200 years that at some point in time, Hilton Head Island Community Church built an amazing-looking building and had a structure Please, not of the original pastor at all. I don't want that, okay? But like a structure at all, like it became like just a building. Because the church is so much more than just a building. It's a group of believers that are working together. Each one of you, individual and unique in your gifting, working together for the cause of Christ. Just as a way of review, I wanted to um, kind of share with you uh, where we've come from and, and uh, where we're going today, because today is an opportunity for you guys to um, really become active if you're not already, maybe re-up in your activity in terms of the church. Um, and, and I want to share with you a couple passages where you can see that God's intent is for the church to be an active place that is doing the work of the ministry. But before that, just as a way of review, we began in week one, and in week one we talked about the fact that the church is a body, and that's how it's described, and that God's intent is for you all and myself to enjoy each other together, and our strategy on that here at Hilton Head Island Community Church is that we play. Hey, everybody plays golf, and they play tennis, and you go with your kids, and you play, and we need to play together. Um, God's intent is for the, the church, the local body of believers, to be unified around a mission to be unified around a mission. I think we do a pretty good job of that here, but sometimes we do have to fight against that because disunity can creep in in an instant and it can creep in very slowly and it can creep in over time. And so we talked in week one about the unity of the church is so important. God's, God wants the unity of the church um, to, to be at the, the top of the, the order of priorities. And so we're committed as a church to be unified. In week two, we talked about the fact that um, we worship together and we do that corporately, but we 
also, if we're going to be a body of believers that's joined together, Romans 12, which was our springboard passage for this series, really talks about ourselves being a living sacrifice. Each one of us committed to the things that make the body of Christ grow. And those are the things that are going to deepen our faith spiritually. Be committed to times of prayer individually and times of reading God's word individually. And then last week we talked about growing together. We talked about the fact that um, we as a church need to get together and that um, we, we were intended not to do this life by ourselves. We were intended to do it with others. And that, that's hard to do when you have, uh, you know, four or five hundred people in, on a Sunday morning in two services kind of in and out. And so we have something called groups. And so I want to encourage you, if you are a part of this body of Christ, this church family, I want to encourage you to find a group and get involved. I got my little sticker on it that says, ask me about my group, okay? So you're going to see some people walking around this morning with those stickers. Uh, you might even see that over the course of the next few weeks. And um, how many of you picked up uh, one of these cards last week, uh, one of these groups cards? Did a lot of you take these home and you maybe turn them in last week and pray them, praying about them? These are our groups that are currently meeting, and they're all throughout the week at different times. We might even have a few more start up after this week. But some of you brought these back, and I want to encourage you to turn this in today because you weren't meant to live this life alone. You were meant to live it in community and, and have community together. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you. If you're not a part of, the, of, of a group, jump in and get involved and share your, your spiritual life with other believers. And you guys can turn in that card, and the leaders will be back in touch with you. Most of those groups are starting over the next two weeks, so definitely take advantage of that. Today, we come to this idea of serving together. Because we can worship together, we can play together, we can grow together. But at the end of the day, if in 200 years we don't want to be a church that's just a building, we want to be a, a, a church that is alive and growing and known as a church that is active in our community and active around the world for the mission of spreading the gospel, if we're going to do that, we're going to do it right now. And we're going to see and understand and jump in and get involved where we can, and where we're gifted. And so today, it's all about finding a place where you can jump in and get involved. Now, our, our main passage over the course of these last few weeks has been Romans chapter 12. And I want to, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. You can also turn to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to end up there at the end of, of today's message. But Romans chapter 12 has been our springboard passage and chapter. One of the most important, one of the most vital uh, you know, books of the Bible is, is the book of Romans. And the first uh, about 11 chapters have to do with doctrine, what we believe. And it is so important that we know what we believe. But it's also important that we take what we believe and put it into action. And so Paul, in his writing to the church of Rome, begins in chapter 12 to talk about the action part of our faith. And how we make what we know uh, uh, intellectually and what we know in our heart to be true and real. And how we can put that into action. And here's what he says in verse 3 of Romans 12. He says this. For by grace, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members don't all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual members uh, one of another. Having gifts, he says, that differ according to the grace given to us, 
Let us, what's that next word? Let us what? Use them. Let us use them in prophecy and proportion to our faith. In verse 7, he says, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And listed there are just a few of what I believe are many of the spiritual gifts listed all throughout the New Testament in Scripture. Now, now some of you have, uh, over the course of the last year since we launched this, some of you have taken the shape profile that's, um, that's online. And, and some of you have taken that, and we've had shape interviews. Some of you, uh, we're still trying to figure, you know, getting a shape interview with you. But a lot of you have already gone through that. Some of you are getting ready to go through that. But you have found your best area to serve. And I'm excited, and I'm proud, and I'm so thankful uh, that you have done that. Because you've found your gift, and you're jumping in and getting involved. And so you're doing your part of being one individual with, a, with strengths, with gifting, with talents and abilities. And shape profile stands for spiritual gifts, hearts, abilities, personality, uh, and experience. And so you, you all have found your place in this body of Christ. And I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited for those of you who have taken that and haven't yet gotten involved because your day's coming. And we're, we're really excited about that. But for some of you, um, really, like serving means you know where you're shaped. You know where your gifting is. You just need to get involved. You just need to utilize that gift. It's something that's on the shelf right now, and it needs to be utilized. Paul goes on, and he says um, in verse 14, he says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but also associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to uh, do what is honorable in the sight of all. And he says, if at possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And so Paul's encouragement to us is that we run away from our own agenda and we pursue God's agenda and we get involved and we use the gifts that we are gifted with, that he's given us. James repeats this concept in James chapter 1, right out of the gates, and uh, I've listed in your notes uh, James chapter 1, verses uh, 19 through 27. I just want to read a few of those. I want to skip down to verse 22. I want you to see what James says. Now, James was essentially the head of the church in this first century during this time, and this is James, who God has appointed to be the head of the church, saying this to uh, the, the audience then, and he's saying the same thing to us now. And he says this, verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. I want you to say that second word or that third word with me. He says, but be doers. Doers of the word. Doers of the word and not hearers only. And then he says, when you're someone who just hears the word, you deceive yourself. And he goes on in verse 23 to say, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand on this, but how many of you are excited about your natural face? Think about that for a moment. Like that's someone who stares in the mirror and is impressed with what they see. <laughs> Y'all, God has called us 
to be doers, not just hearers. And if we want to be a church that doesn't become institutionalized in a century or a half century or a quarter century, we're going to be people who are passionate, yes, about worshiping, yes, about growing in our faith, yes, about knowing what we believe and hanging on to that and, and, and uh, believing that, not just in our heads, but also in our hearts. But if we are going to be people who, who are in a church who is known uh, for, for what we have done for, for God and for his purpose, we are going to be a people that are doers of the word. Now, today is all about you finding a place so that you can be a doer of what God's purpose for you is in this church and in this community. And so here's what I want to do. I want to introduce you to a few people who I would consider doers of God's word this morning. I'm going to highlight three different ministries. The first ministry you're going to see and the first folks you're going to see and hear from um, is a ministry that exists for the, the church community. It's kind of like an inside the walls of this church, even though they exist outside the walls. It's an inside the walls ministry for Hilton Head Island Community Church. And so I'm going to introduce you to, to an inside-the-walls ministry. The, the second one is an outside-the-walls. It's a regional ministry that you can get involved in or, uh, you, you know, you can find out how to participate in. And it's something that reaches outside the walls of this church into our community. And the last one is going to be something that really reaches way beyond who we are, and it reaches our world. And so you're going to see kind of three different phases or three different types of ministry and, and people who represent those ministries. These folks that you're going to see are people who are doers. And many of you who are sitting in here are doers. And I'm thankful and I'm proud. But if you're, you're part of this church and you're not yet a doer, man, jump involved and be a part of the solution. I'm going to have Mike uh, and Ashley Weaver come on up here. And uh, Mike and Ashley Weaver are representing our parking and security team. And as they come up, why don't you guys give it up for Mike and Ashley Weaver. Hey, thanks, guys. For doing this. How are you? Appreciate it. Hey, nice picture, Ashley, by the way. That's awesome. Isn't that great? <laughs> Style in there with that vest. I love it. Mike, you, um, you're leading our parking and security team. And that's been uh, something that's been recent. But you've been serving on that um, for quite a while and uh, under Kelly Stockwell's leadership. Tell us, like, how you got to the place that you decided to jump in and be a part of volunteering for our parking team. And tell us a little bit about your experience with that. Okay. It's probably going to be a small thing to some of you guys, but to me, uh, four years ago, my family was looking for a place to go, a new church to go to. And I can still remember my first time coming here, um, a good friend of mine, his name is Mark Gunther, who's not here anymore. Uh, I was very impressed. He was outside in the parking lot, and he was waving and smiling, and it looked like he was having fun. He had a safety vest on, <laughs> around him. And I can still remember, to me, uh, the church that we went to previously, um, didn't have that, and there was times where, because I was involved with that church, um, they, they were, people could come into that church and nobody would know they were there. Mm. My first impression of this church, I felt welcome. I felt very welcome. I felt like I made, made a difference. My family, people knew awesome. who we were. There was greeters at the door, and I really felt that made an impression. That was four years ago, and I mm. still remember that. So that was oh, one cool. thing that kind of called me. Uh. The other thing that um, I was looking for, my wife and I both work. We chase after our kids. And I don't have a lot of time, so I needed to find something at church that we always want to be involved and wanted to do something that was not time-consuming, that we could come and do, and then, and then get on with our day. And the last thing, um, my background, I used to be, well, I still am, I'm the parking manager for um, 
the car show, um, and also I ha have helped with um, the heritage with parking up at Honeyhorn. So I have a background in parking, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't, trust me, it doesn't take brain, it's not brain science or anything, but you know, I, the shape showcase and the interview uh, yeah. kind of led me to that shape direction. Profile. So a combination of different things led me to this. Awesome, that's awesome. And you have the pleasure of working with your daughter. Yes. And uh, she's out there when, when you serve. Ashley, from a student's perspective, tell us a little bit about your experience with um, working on our parking team. Um, yeah, so I enjoy parking because it's something that like I get to do with my dad on Sunday mornings. Um, getting out there and like meeting new people, getting to greet everyone on Sundays. And plus, it's a pretty enjoyable way to get my community service hours. So it <laughs> <laughs> works out pretty well. <laughs> awesome. Ah, the honesty. I love it. I love it. Uh, you guys have talked um, about, like, how people see our parking team. And, um, you know, it's really, um, like, I guess in some churches it may be, like, uh, they may have a parking team because it's the obligatory, like, <laughs> we don't want a wreck in the parking lot. But um, we really take it a little bit beyond that. And, and really, what's the real intent and the real focus of that parking team well, and security team? We're the, we're the first impression that you guys see when you come mm. in. And anybody that's, you know, a new-timer or first-timer at this church, you're the first people we see. Mm. And, uh, and so we want to you know, encourage people. And like I said, four years ago, I still remember Mark out there encouraging me to come to the church. So, mm. you know, Ashley and I have this uh, goofy little saying. We say, smile and wave. So we're always out there <laughs> smiling and waving. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I'll be a little bit, I kind of do goofy things when I'm out there too. So uh, we want you to feel welcome. We want to, you know, if you see me, I'm out there. I'm trying to, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because we've got something exciting happening inside that's the walls. Awesome. And that's so we cool. want to get you inside. So that's, to me, is what we're supposed to be. That's awesome. part of our little piece of the puzzle to getting this thing going for you awesome. guys. Awesome. I love it. And you yeah. guys, we're, we're adding security to this team here right now. We're kind of in the process of that. Tell them a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, as, as I told uh, Todd a little while ago, um, from my perspective, I see this church is growing. I'm looking out here. This, this is a pretty good size now, and I know we're going to have a nice crowd for the second service. So I know this church is growing. And part of mm -hmm. this growing, there's, there's other problems that come with growth. One of them is security. So... Um, we don't want to think that nothing bad can ever happen here, but my life is sitting in this row over here mm -hmm. and right beside me, and I, I would never want anything to happen mm -hmm. to anybody else that's sitting out here, yep. and so I want to do my part to make sure that doesn't happen. So what I'm encouraging and asking for is anybody that we're just starting this program up, I'm looking for anybody that's got any medical experience, you know, doctors, nurses, EMTs, yep. uh, security background. Um, I don't have any of those, those experiences, but I would love to get together with some people mm -hmm. and try to come up with a security plan and maybe like an emergency process plan so that uh, things that do happen or hopefully won't ever happen here, but if they mm -hmm. do, we're ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. And so you guys are, are doing such a great job and, and adding that piece to it. And it's a piece we've had in place somewhat, but we're you know, just really making that a little bit more a part of, of that role. Tell, tell someone who wants to get involved in this, Mike, uh, what they can expect in terms of time commitment, that sort of thing. Other than the vests, the pretty looking vests. Those are Gotta nice. have the vests. It, for, par for parking, it's really simple. Uh, it's, you show up on Sunday. Um, <laughs> looks like we've got new services. That, that was a new, new, new thing for me. Coming. But basically, yeah, you get there right. about a half hour before the first service. You put on your pretty little vest. You get the pylons, <laughs> and you head outside. You get a cup of coffee. Um, but pretty much, you get here at 8 8.30, 8.45, and you go for about a half hour uh, into the service. Once the singing's done, you come on in. You join the service. And then uh, the most important, to me, the most important part is after, in between the two services, uh, we need to have a parking team back out there with their vests on because there's a lot of people coming and going, little kids running around. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a little kid that uh, had a mom and, and just uh, 
we were there to take care of things. But you know, our, our job is just make sure people safely get in and out of this place so we That's don't awesome. have any major issues. So That's awesome. pretty much 8, 8.45 to about 15 minutes into the last service, and then you're on your way. Awesome. And under your watch, no incidents, right? No so far, it's okay. okay. Not, not with right. us. Not so with be us. careful on your way out today, okay? All right, all right. Hey, um, we're so thankful for you guys. Thanks for sharing a little bit about what you guys do. Ashley and Mike Weaver, why don't you give it up for them again? I love what he said about first impressions because that's what it's all about, right, Kelly, uh, who's our guest service director and our parking team comes under that. We got our hospitality and uh, our greeters under that. Do you realize that for most of you, if you are uh, someone who has come here as new or maybe your first time here, in the first 20 minutes of being a part of this church, um, when you come, because like people who are new actually come early, by the way, do you realize that? You realize that none of the rest of us do, and that's all right. I'm fine with that. But anyway, if you're new, you usually come early. And so you never encounter myself, the, the pastor. Usually you're not hearing from the worship team yet. So, like, their impact is huge in the life of this church. Do you all realize that? It's huge. And, and there's a spiritual impact that, that is had because of what people like Mike and Ashley do. I'm so thankful for them. And, and Mike is going to be back here in our um, Shape Showcase um, after the service is over. Once you go visit, he and Ashley. And I'm going to ask Grant to come on up, Grant Evans. Um, we also not just, we don't just have uh, ministry for inside the church, but we also have local ministry outside the church. And I want to introduce you to Grant Evans and uh, Dr. Grant Evans. Hello, Doc. How you doing? He's a chiropractor in our area. and. Um, Hi, yeah. Pastor. Yes, yeah, we said we wouldn't do the formalities. Why don't you give it up for Grant Evans this morning? Um, Grant um, is from the uh, great state of, um, there oh. you go, Ohio. Okay, O-H. all right, there you O-H. go, of course. So anyway, you moved here two years ago. And um, before you tell us your experience with Kairos, tell us a little bit about Kairos, because you're our rep with Kairos. It's an international ministry, but tell us what Kairos does around the world. Kairos is actually an in-prison ministry, uh, in-prison meaning designed for inmates, men and women, that are going to be staying in prison for quite a while or for life, as opposed to ones that are maybe going to be recently uh, paroled, uh, so they can take the love of Christ back into the prison. Uh, its mission is to deal with these inmates and bring them the love and forgiveness, which is huge in prison to these uh, inmates so that if and when they do get out that they can kind of be productive citizens. Um, Kairos is in uh, close to 500 prisons in the United States, 35 states, and it's in 11 countries. And South Carolina happens to be one of the, uh, what it says for South Carolina, but one of the bigger states in the country for Kairos. I believe we're in 12 prisons. Uh, I serve two prisons locally, Allendale Correctional and uh, we're getting ready to do uh, a prison ministry October 6th through the 9th at Ridgeland Correctional Institute. Mm, it's fantastic. And so really prison ministry focusing on, on prisons. And if you've ever been through Chrysalis or walk uh, to Emmaus, uh, take the components of that, which is really a, an in-depth uh, spiritual journey and, and really do that there on the weekends. And I know you guys have some weekends coming up. The neat, the neat thing with Kairos um, I don't know if these are exact numbers, but the recidivism rate nationally in the country, meaning an inmate uh, goes to prison, gets out, commits another crime and goes back, is approximately 45%. The recidivism rate for Kairos graduates, men and women, thousands across the country, 
hovers around 12%. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. also very effective. Awesome, man, that's fantastic. Isn't that awesome? That is so, so important to hear. Um, now, I love your story about how you got involved in Ohio, uh, in Kairos, and now you're, you're helping uh, lead it here, and you're one of the reps here, uh, but also you're a member of our church. And so, but tell us how you got involved. I love this story in Kairos. My, my wife and I would go to church, I think I said every Sunday, let's say most Sundays, <laughs> up in Clements, Ohio, and... Um, Honesty seems to be the theme <laughs> of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love that. So we would sit there, and we were listening, much like last Sunday here, uh, about missions, people going to, to Haiti and going to Kenya, like the people here, and uh, doing mission work out in uh, uh, Alaska and Indian reservations and so forth. And I always leaned over to my wife, and I said, we've got to do that. Um, because I said, we've been blessed. We have a, a great chiropractic practice, a great family. I said, we need to start giving back. But then I kind of said to myself, if they don't have a golf course there or a five-star <laughs> hotel, I'm not going to go. I know it. So all of a sudden, one Honesty. time, a guy like myself guy came up and talked about Cairo's prison ministry. And he said, there is a need for ministry an hour north, south, east, and west of Columbus. And I said, I think that's it. And the first uh, prison I went to is called Marion Correctional Institute north of Columbus. Mm -hmm. I went in Thursday night, and, you know, these 42 inmates came in, and I quickly said to myself, what in God's name have I done? And <laughs> I've done, I've done, I'm getting prepared to do my 26th Kairos wow. weekend between two prisons here and three prisons in Ohio, including a maximum security, which is a mm. whole different ballgame. But, mm. and I say that because I don't get my jollies off hanging out in prison, okay, mm. even though I spend a lot of time there. It's just... I don't, I had never thought I saw a miracle happen ever in my life. I heard about it, read about it in the Bibles. But when you go into this prison on Thursday night and see these 42 mm. lost souls come in, mm. we've got blacks in the Crips and the Bloods game. We've got whites with the Aryan brothers. We've got the Latin Kings and Hispanics. These guys don't like to be in the same room together, let alone sitting maybe at the same table all weekend extremely uncomfortable. You can cut the tension with a knife in there. Mm. 72 hours later, you've got black gang members and white Aryan mm. brotherhoods hugging it out, <laughs> becoming, you know, best friends. Mm. And these are long-lasting friends. We, we basically, in a number of prisons, have almost, the wardens told us, have almost basically broken apart mm. the gangs within the institutions. Man, that's awesome. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> wow. More than mm -hmm. once in my chiropractic office, I would be treating patients, and my staff would yell back, say, Dr. Evans, are you in prison this weekend? And I went, yeah, and a couple times I had two patients standing in there, and they kind of looked at me a little nervous, and I, I didn't know what else to say, so I said, I didn't know you had to have a license to do this. <laughs> so. That's awesome. I love it, man. That's awesome. Oh, hey, tell us, uh, if someone's interested in this, what can they expect? Because there's kind of, there's like, uh, you know, high touch, high impact, and then a little bit low touch, high impact kind of ways that people can get involved. Tell us a little bit about how they can get involved. Directly, uh, myself, Jim Daniel, who, you know, works, I think, with the parking and the, and the passing out the uh, things, and, yeah. and Steve Donovan and his wife, they're going to be on the next team with me. They're, they're rookies. They've never done this. Um, there's team formation meetings. We had our first one yesterday for, for Ridgeland Correctional, and... Um, the team meetings are held at the Great Swamp Baptist Church in Ridgeland. 
uh, from eight to one. Uh, there's four meetings. First one was yesterday. Uh, we go into the prison on, on a Thursday afternoon. We're in there till about 8 o'clock at night. Then we're in, the, we're in there all day on Friday, Saturday. And it culminates Sunday with a closing Sunday afternoon about 1.30 or 2, which is one of the ways that you can be involved if, if attend a closing in, in, hmm. in the prison. You can only go in with your license, nothing else. <laughs> and uh, hear the testimony of 42 inmates, uh, what they experienced hmm. that weekend. Uh, they answered three questions. What was their spiritual life like prior to the weekend? What did they learn this weekend? And more importantly, what do they intend to do with it? I would warn you, anybody who signs up and will be available for that, uh, bring Kleenex because mm. you're going to cry. It's mm. just unreal. Awesome. Uh, but mm. um, Man, it's amazing. Tell, tell them the story about the, 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 the uh, you know, placemat uh, story. It's an excellent story. Yeah, the... Um, because the kids the, do placemats, and our kids are going to be involved in that too. Yeah, the other way are placemats and posters. These men really suffer mostly because of being away from their kids, mm. um, and they really struggle with that. So we bring in, we have meals with them, obviously, in the prison, lunch and dinner every day, and they have placemats that they're generally allowed to take back, and you can mm. see them on the walls of their cells and so forth. And um, we'll, we'll be distributing some white placemats for the kids to... Uh, do in their classrooms that we'll take in and just in case there's any teachers in here, you know, they can put their names on it, but just we don't like you to put the last names or yeah, phone numbers. Names. Um, yeah. And we'll remind you about that. But I was at Marion Correctional Institute one time having lunch with an inmate and he kind of elbowed me and of course my first thought was, what did I do now? But um, <laughs> he pointed to his placemat and Amy, age nine, had written on this placemat I know you killed someone, but I still love you. And he kind of said, and I happen to know he was in for double murder, and I kind of, he kind of laughed and he said, boy, these kids just cut right to it, don't they? And I said, yeah, so wow. we'll have the kids do that. The important thing that Jim Daniel and Steven and I need, we bring five to 6,000 dozen cookies into the prison for each weekend. Um, we used to bring in cookies for the 42 inmates and the DOC, Department of Corrections, said you can't just bring in for 42, that's called contraband. You bring in cookies for 42, you got to bring in cookies for everybody. And somebody said, well, how many inmates you got here? And they said 1,300, and we did the math and said, okay, five, 6,000 dozen ought to do that. So we each need 80 to 100 dozen cookies, so for you, women and kids out there that like to bake, or even you men for some unknown reason <laughs> like to bake. Um, hey now, <laughs> come on man. <laughs> when you should be watching football, but um, <laughs> I, you know, we need lots. While I'm watching football, man, go ahead. We need lots of cookies, and uh, I just happen to have some instructional sheets on recipes, and do, <laughs> there's some do's and don'ts. The one don't, which is funny, is we can't have any fruit in these because these guys fi have figured out a way to pull the fruit out, ferment it, and make alcohol. <laughs> so, um, but there's some do's and don'ts back there, but uh, I think we brought the cookies. I know on my last walk I did, yeah. I got a call from Summer or somebody, and she said, we have, a, we have some cookies over here for you. And I thought, all right, I'll shoot by. I, I thought you robbed Walmart or something. <laughs> I mean, there was boxes and boxes of cookies. So we, we need that. And 
Yeah, and you're going to be hearing about that as they get closer because we've got one coming up and then one in the spring again. And so, and Grant, thank you so much for all that you do. Why don't you guys give it up? You're awesome, man. You do a great ministry, buddy. Love it, love it. I'm going to have John come up here, John Eve. And so you just heard uh, how we do ministry inside the walls, uh, it, you know, regionally and in our community. And lastly, I want you to hear from my good friend, John Eve. And most of you who are part of Hilton Head Island Community Church know John and Sue. Sue's back here as well. Um, they're like family. Come on over, buddy. Come on over. I love it, man. You're in your socks. You're awesome. This is John Eve, and he's with Row Kids. <laughs> Can I do that? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, anyway, Todd he's with, told me to be, ca- uh, to be casual. I did. I said to be casual, didn't I? So uh, anyway, John and Sue are local, but they serve in places around the world with Row Kids. Tell us a little bit about Row Kids, John. Sure. First off, it's great to be back, Sue and, for Sue and I to be back here with our friends and our partners hmm. here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. We love you guys, and we always uh, are ready to come anytime you ask us to. Hmm. Yeah. Um, row Kids, the, the word row at the beginning stands for reaching our world, reaching our world's kids, and we're reaching them for Christ. We use three different methods right now to do that, and that's through education, through, through safe water systems, and through medical hmm. uh, assistance. Yeah. You guys do an amazing job, and we've partnered with you for a number of years in Belize because you guys are in Belize, but not where you go on a cruise ship, okay? A lot of people think, like, Belize, yeah, this is a fun trip. It's, we are in the jungles and closer to, Gua- close to Guatemala, really. Yeah, about 11 um, miles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very close to Guatemala. I didn't realize it was that close when I was there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, Belize, and we have adopted a uh, village called San Marcos, which is near the city of San Ignacio, and we're going to be going back there. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it'll be our fifth time at San Marcos. Yes, that's right. And, and tell us a little bit about what we do in San Marcos and okay. uh, what we've been doing and, and that sort of thing. Tell okay, us I'd like to that. take a liberty, though, first yeah. to, to make a comment. Yep. Um, you know, he said, like Todd said, you could go to Belize on a cruise ship <laughs> and go out to the islands and fish and do all those fun things that you do on vacation. But uh, this summer, when I was in... Belize with uh, several other teams. Uh, one of the girls that was on the te- on the mission team, she had f- befriended this little girl all week, and it, mm. on the last day, she said, "Are you gonna?" She asked the little girl, "Are you gonna miss me when I leave mm. today?" And she said, "No, not really." <laughs> and it just nice. about devastated that team member. But the reason that she said that, and she told her, she said, "No, because a lot of you people come and you never come back again. Mm. So I can't." make my heart go out to you because I'm never going to see you again. Mm. But the reason I'm telling you that is, is because this church, Hilton Head Island Community Church, knows what it is to be a missional church. You have been going back to the same location year after year mm. after year, mm. which is makes an, a huge impact in the lives of the people in that community. Mm. They know you, they love you, and all I have, to, all soon I have to do is say, and they even ask us, when is you know, Todd's team coming back mm, or, that's or, it's um, awesome. Yeah. Ken, Ken's, Ken's team, team coming yeah. back, yeah. you know, wins, mm. uh, so, so, and so, because yeah. they know you guys because you've been that's coming cool. every year. Mm. And that's the difference between a missional church, which you are mm. 
and a church that just wants to do mission tourism, <laughs> that wants to go to a different place every time mm -hmm. because they want to see a different location. Mm. Okay, so I applaud you, and Sue and mm. I do, and love you for your heart for missions. Thank it makes our job so much easier. Thank you for that encouragement. And we've been about in in San Marcos, a village that we've adopted. Five we've years. been about five years now. Five years. Uh, we're going to be going back in June. Uh, we don't have an exact date for that trip yet, but that's going to be a trip for for anyone, right? Right. And families. Families. Uh, yep. Individuals. I'm planning. Whatever. I'm planning on taking Sean. If you're okay with that, he'll oh, be, sure. be ten. Sure. Okay. All right. Yep, we're ready. So anyway. <laughs> Hopefully the, the, he'll be fine. You've made a huge impact in that in that little village of San Marcos, um, school-wise, um, relational-wise, and a lot of children in that little community have come to Christ because of what this mm -hmm. church has done in that community over the last five years, mm -hmm. because they hear the stories of how Christ loves them. Mm -hmm. But when you folks come, you show mm -hmm. that tangible thing. You give them something they can hold mm -hmm. on to, that they can touch and that mm -hmm. they can remember. Mm -hmm. That yeah, Christ does love me because He sent you. Mm -hmm to show it. It's awesome. It's awesome. And we're also going to be doing a trip in July and that's going to be geared for our students. You and Todd Cooper are going to be working on the dates and the times and the specifics on that. Uh, it's going to be for our students and it's going to be a little, little bit of a, uh, like take the bar up in terms of the challenge. Tell right. them just briefly about what you guys are thinking yeah, you, about. The, um, there's uh, several different options that I've given Coop. Uh, we're going to discuss that over the next couple of weeks and nail down which one it is. Mm. Uh, one of the options uh, is to work in the hostel hmm. there in Belize, which is a reform school. These, hmm. these youth are about 12 years old to 18 years old, and they're incarcerated there um, by court order. Hmm. Okay? And we've been working with these youth too, uh, so that might be one of them. Uh, another one will be working out on an island with the island children. There's several different ones, but it's um, going to be a little more rugged, yeah. uh, a little more intense yeah. than the family trip yeah. would be. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm and, going and on the a, family trip. By that's the way. right. That's okay, right. Okay, just to make that clear. I'm just and it's uh, really a good opportunity. Uh, our children in this country, no matter where you live in this country, live so much differently than the rest of the world, and we are so much more privileged oh, right man. here in this part oh. of the United States. Oh. So it's great for them to go out and see how. 90% of the rest of the world really is. Absolutely. And to be able to come alongside some kids that have never heard uh, about Christ's love. It was, it was eye-opening for myself and Sydney. My daughter went a few years ago. And I want to encourage you to go visit John. He's going to be back here in our Shape Showcase. John, thank you so much for all that you and all right. Sue do, man. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, hang on. I'm going to ask, while you're talking, I'm going to ask our ushers to pass out cards. You guys are going to be receiving cards. Go ahead, John. Yes. I, yeah. I know I'm over my time. I'm That's sorry. Okay. It's all good. Uh, but anyhow... You can, this June, you could go on a trip, on a, mission, on a, um, a vacation, and mm -hmm. in a couple of months after you come home, you'll have to sit down with your pictures and your videos in order to remember what you did and what happened. I guarantee you, if you sign up and go on this trip in June, mm -hmm. that those pictures and those memories will be here, mm -hmm. and they will be here. You won't have to look at the physical ones. Man, that is and they'll so, never leave you. I guarantee you. That is so you. well said, man. That's awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much, buddy. Appreciate you so much. I want to encourage you to go visit John and Sue. They're going to be back in our Shape, uh, shape Showcase back there. And so you guys are receiving uh, the serve cards today. And so if you want more information, uh, there are two ways that you can do this. One, if you want more information about how to serve in some of these ministry areas, you can just uh, fill out that card that you're receiving right now. It has all of the areas uh, that you can serve within our church right now at this uh, point in time. Uh, you can do that and turn it in to one of our ushers or you drop it in uh, our giving uh, stations. The other thing that I want to encourage you to do, though, take the next step 
and go back there. We've got popcorn and food and all kind of things for you to, um, you know, for you and your kids, of course, uh, to have back there. I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna end here shortly so you'll have a little extra time than you normally do. And I wanna encourage you to go back through that door or you can go outside and walk down and go through the two doors that open up into backstage and be a part of that shape showcase so you can find a place where you can get involved. I wanna leave you with this thought today. Um, Jesus's ministry took place over three years. He lived for 33 years, but for three years he ministered. It's not a very big part of his life. But before he did, I I want you to see just briefly um, what he did in Matthew chapter 9. I love this. Verse 35. Jesus went through all the cities and the villages, by the way, of Jerusalem, uh, and teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had, what's that next word? Compassion. He had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the, what's that next word does he say? Laborers are few. The laborers are few. Then he he instructs them, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out, there's that word again, laborers into the harvest. Hilton Head Island Community Church is is a church, um, our mission is to reach into our community. And my prayer is that you and I would be a church that never stops serving. That 100 years from now or 50 years from now or 25 years from now, that we're not known as that church over there behind Har Gray or whatever it's called at that point in time at mile marker 9. It's just as a building. If you go to it, great. If you don't, whatever. I want to be the kind of church that's not known as an institution, but known as a church that is full of doers and laborers and people who took what they received from the Savior and used it to go out and to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and lead people to follow him. Some of you have been a part of this church for a long time. You might say, man, I never meet anybody, never really get connected, kind of come in and come out. You can join a group, you can come here on Sunday morning, but I promise you, the best way for you and I to, first of all, grow spiritually and to meet new people is to serve. It's to serve. So I want to encourage you to be a part of what God is doing in your church. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, um, I'm going to send you back uh, into backstage, and I want to encourage you to go back there, yeah, eat the popcorn, yeah, have the candy, whatever, but be a part of seeing all the different things that God's doing. We have all of our life groups listed back there. You can check out information on that. I want to encourage those of you who are part of the Hilton Head Island Community Church family to continue to give. We've got a giving station, I believe, located back there. We've got one at our main doors here, and I want to encourage you to give, but I also want to encourage you to get back there and see how you can get involved, see how you can be a laborer 
for Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? God, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you so much for these that we heard from, uh, the Weavers and God uh, Grant and uh, God John and Sue Eve. But God, they represent so many more in the life of this church who are giving. And God, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would prompt those who are in here right now listening and, and hearing, God, that we would not just be hearers, but that we would be doers, laborers for what you are trying to do. And that is to reach men and women and children for your glory and for your kingdom. Help us to do that. Help us to plug in. And God, I pray you're, you're glorified by everything that takes place over these next few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. All right, why don't you guys stand up. Have a great Sunday. Please don't leave without going in backstage and finding out more. Have a great Sunday, everyone.